Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Everybody, welcome back to the Real Food Real Conversations podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here today. Um, I am going to be covering a topic I haven't covered yet, which is kind of surprising, actually. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the raw food diet, and I have an amazing guest today, Russell, and he has an incredible story um, that just blew me away when I read about it. And so, I would like to welcome you, Russell, to the podcast. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I know you're super busy and he's here all the way from London and um, which is awesome that we could make it work as far as the time goes. Um, so welcome and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me, Sophia. It's, it's, uh, I'm really pleased that you, you reached out to me and uh, very honored um, to be here with you and share my story. So yeah, I got into raw food and healthy eating, I guess, in a more general way. Um, in a more general way of thinking about things back uh, in, hmm, well, I guess it was around the early 2000s. So um, when I was um, a teenager, <laughs> we'll go back to there, um, I had acne and, um, and I was always told it was something I would grow out of and I never really did. And, you know, I worked at, um, I worked at Burger King <laughs> when I was 16. Oh my gosh, I, I worked, funny. Yeah, I know. And now I'm a raw food chef. So uh, the pendulum really swung. <laughs> and I, um, I got uh, acne when I was at Burger King. So, you know, probably a combination of eating that food and working in that greasy environment. Um, but also there's, you know, there's a hormonal aspect and, a, and there's, there's a whole bunch of different things. So it's difficult to say that it was definitely one thing, but um, that was my situation. And I, you know, I went the kind of traditional medical route initially and took loads of antibiotics, which is not good at all for you, um, as I'm sure your, your listeners know. Um, uh, but I didn't know any better at the time. And then I took, I uh, went to see a dermatologist and they put me on Roaccutane. Um, I think it's called Accutane in the US and it's got some really bad side effects. It, it will really dry out your skin, but it can give you liver damage and, um, it can cause depression. There's been some really severe cases of depression and even, um, you know, there's even some court cases that have been ongoing about the role it's played in, in certain situations. Um, so, you know, with teenagers, especially, so, um, that wasn't good. And so, um, I, I saw a program on TV and it was, um, a program where they sent six members of the public out to Koh Samui in Thailand and they did a fast for seven days. So no eating, um, multiple enemas, um, colonics per each day. Um, if you know anything about enemas, a colonic is like usually, I think it's 40 liters of water and it, and it kind of goes in and out and in and out and you don't know, you just lay there and the, and the, the hydrotherapist does that for you. Um, you know, the water goes in and out. Um, but a, a, an enema is usually just around two liters and, um, that's self-administered and depending on how much you can take into your intestines, you might stop halfway through, you know, get up off the floor, usually, or a bench, go and sit on the loo and, and then do a couple of rounds of that. But what we did in the, um, 
in the in the detox place is they actually call it a colima which is it's it's 30 it's either 20 30 or 40 liters it's it's a lot i think it's probably around 20 and um it's like an enema except you don't have to keep getting up <laughs> getting off the getting off the loop um so that we did that twice a day and we did nutritional supplements um or the rather the people on the, the show did and <laughs> what i was getting to is i ended up going there because on the show on the tv show they were like you know no eating for seven days obviously they lost some weight that wasn't really my that wasn't at all my thing in fact i wanted to put weight on um but they started talking about having clearer skin so i you know went on the internet i looked up the place that they went to and i found the place and it took me two years but i got there and in that time also i had discovered juicing and so i'd been doing juice uh juice fasts before way before they were a thing <laughs> um there's actually there's a guy in the uk called jason vale he's very he's very famous for juicing in the uk um and he had a book called nature's ultimate fast food and it was a book of uh, juice and smoothie recipes and at the back of that book it had his juice master he calls himself the juice master the juice master's ultimate spring cleanse and or, or spring clean and um, it was basically drink water for three days and then do juicing for the for the rest of the week. So I started, this was before I went on the fast, right? Before I went to Koh Samui. I thought, well, if, uh, if, if it was bad nutrition that made my skin bad, then maybe good nutrition can sort that out. So I ended up doing this, this uh, juice master thing. So I did like the two days of water, felt awful. Um, but I took that that it was as proof it was working right i felt like i had flu i was really achy joints and um and then i started juicing i had had juice on day three i think by day four i'd given up because i didn't know what the heck was going on (laughs) um i think on day four i just binged i just had like a bag of cookies because i didn't i wasn't mentally prepared for it i didn't know anything about juicing or cleansing um so then anyway i ended up at kosamui did it all properly i found it found it very easy it's much easier on a on uh, on a sunny island when you've got people around you that are doing it as well (laughs) rather than in a you know in a cold wet manchester which is like north of england um in the winter so um you know i'm doing yoga you know in in thailand and going in their beautiful they had a a steam room that was cut into the rock and um you know they all the the thai herbs and to this day when i smell lemongrass i'm taken back to that to that rock steam room um just beautiful and you know people around they have got a really great restaurant there as as well though which is kind of funny um but uh yeah so cleaned up my skin doing that just got a really really good result and ended up going back there a total or i went back there twice more so a total of three times i did in 12 months and whilst i was there i found out about raw food and I read a raw food book and I always kind of joke. It was like day five of not eating anything. And I'm sitting on the beach in the restaurant and, uh, you know, I, because you kind of, there's not, not a lot to do really. You're just kind of relaxing. I was a bit of a loose end, walked down to the beach, picked up this book, sat in the restaurant and it was a raw food recipe book. And I opened it up and I read this opening, um, paragraph about how raw food is so great and, and what it can do for you. And, um, and it just seemed to make sense. So. I came back to the UK. Um, my now friend, Karen Nola, um, was doing raw food classes in the UK. She was running the Fresh Network. She'd fairly recently taken that over. It's like the UK's raw food organization. Really, really small, like hardly anybody doing it, you know, really, really small movement. 
and um yeah learned how to make raw pizza and and i just i just got into it from there i got got myself a dehydrator and then you know back when everybody was starting blogs in 2005 i started a food blog in 2005 and i still to this day think i'm one of the first food bloggers <laughs> um because uh, they would they would um type uh not type uh, type pad who's still around um had this blogging service and people using it as kind of like an online diary actually it was almost like a it's almost like a facebook feed right it was facebook before facebook i think like just but on your own personal website and i thought well i can put recipes up so it's like a way to update your my website without needing a developer because back then there was no way really of of putting your own content on your own website so i just started playing around with recipes and found that i could come up with my own and um started working with karen um, at the fresh network and doing some open days doing some food demos and um, it just really grew organically and I started creating ebooks and I did more training. I came over to the U S actually and worked in New York with Matthew Kenny for a um, couple of months. Um, and then I, again, I ran his, um, level one chef, raw chef training in Oklahoma city of all places when he, when he had his place there. And, uh, yeah, I've just really picked it up as it's gone, as I've gone along and it's been really organic. Um, and yeah, I guess I've, I, I, I've gone through periods of like right at the beginning, I was like, I've got to be all raw. I've got to do all raw. And, you know, I felt like I was cheating if I didn't, but then, you know, as the years went by and, you know, I thought is raw food, is that the end or is it the means? It's the means to an end, right? Then the, the, what I'm looking for is to be healthy, to feel good and, um, and to not have, not have uh, spots that have acne again. So um, I thought I don't have to demonize, any foods if that's what i feel like my body needs so um so yeah so that's where i'm at and so and now i'm you know i i, I produce some uh, a whole set of dvds like a home study course and then online courses became a thing and i kind of moved into that and now now i mostly do um online courses and uh and paid live streams for the community and uh yeah just helping people kind of find their way through and i really just you know i'm not a nutritionist i i just speak from my own experience nutritionally but um, really my focus is on helping people make the food if you want to bring raw food into your life in in any uh, amounts then I can show you how to make uh, really nice food I love that my I love what you said about you know getting back to why you were doing this and that's what I think is just such an important part of what I do as well you know and we we both you know focus on quote unquote, I'm going to say this in quotes, you know, healthy food, like you said, general, what does healthy even mean? But, you know, cause we changed our diet to a plant rich diet um, because of my husband's health. And that's the thing, like you said, we have to remember it, it's not about following certain rules. It's not about demonizing certain foods, but it's about why you started in the first place and, and eating whatever it is to get you towards that means. And for you, you know, you found this you know, raw food lifestyle, mostly raw food lifestyle that helped you. And, you know, for us, it's mostly plant rich, but again, you know, we don't, and this is what I try and communicate to my audience is that it's okay to eat something else. If that's what you find is um, what your body is wanting at the time. It's not about, it's not about rules. It's not about breaking rules or, you know, I, I don't like 
because I, I do some health coaching as well. And, and the one thing I don't like when I'm talking to my clients, I don't like to talk about cheating. It's like, why are you cheating? Who are you cheating on? There's nothing. This is about you and, and the end, you know, the, the pathway to your why of what you're doing yeah. this. And that pathway, there's no, you know, you don't have to do one thing or another just because someone says there's no, like, nobody is going to come and arrest you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know we, we, uh, I think raw food, because the rules are so um, clear, um, is that is yeah people can really put themselves into a food prison and it is it's yes. funny is that yeah who who are we cheating on um yeah. and yeah i think it's it is kind of strange to because you lose you lose sight of and like we were just talking about you, we lose sight of the the why and what we're trying to achieve yes. um we just you know and then people end up saying to me well can i drink wine because wine is raw you know, and it's like, it becomes a question of, becomes a competition. Like, is it raw or is it not raw? And it's like, hold on a second. Yes. Like you can drink wine if you want, but for me, I mean, there's no amount of, you know, there's all these studies, like a little bit of wine is great. And if you look at the studies are actually done by, you know, the alcohol industry and, and wine, I found alcohol is a poison, right? Now that doesn't mean, again, it's not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't drink it or you should demonize it, but I definitely, and it's like, I haven't even given it up. Like they, I go through long periods of not having it. And then I have a bit and I'm like, man, I just feel like I poison myself. Um, that's, that's kind of another thing, but the, yeah, this idea that, well, I can have it if it's raw. It's like, yeah, but what if it makes you feel awful? <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's the thing is, and, and that's the thing that like, I totally agree with. And there's some like focusing on alcohol, there's some alcohol that some people can drink and other people's, it makes them feel terrible. And, you know, and you have to, you know, of course, you know, having, I personally love a good cocktail. It makes me, it gives me this happiness and I love the taste and I love the flavor, but there's a point where you have too many of that good cocktail and you feel terrible the next day and you're like, it's not worth it. So you yeah. find that balance of how much of this can I have where the benefit and the feeling I get and my why for having that, which to me is mental health um, sometimes. And sometimes that's the thing is you choose things for mental health over physical health. And I fully believe that that is, should be part of your journey. It's not always just about you know, being healthy in your physical health. Sometimes that mental health needs to take priority and eating that big batch of cookies, having that glass of wine that makes you feel happy. It is great. Um, but then you have to find that line of, okay, maybe I should not have had the bottle of wine. Maybe I would have (laughs) still felt great after a couple glasses and it's, you know, that greatness continues into the next day. Whereas when I had the bottle, I, the next day couldn't move for a little while. (laughs) Right. I actually, you reminded me of a phrase. Um, you may have heard this, but uh, hopefully I won't, I won't mess it up. But, um, it's something like, uh, drinking alcohol is like stealing happiness from the future. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, but I will say on that issue of, um, of, yeah, making foods out of bounds or making them bad, there is a, in my experience that it just causes deprivation it causes feelings of deprivation right so yes um that is going to cause a lot of more psychological problems than perhaps having a cocktail once a month or however whatever it is for you yes um because it will those feelings have to go somewhere right you have to if you're not listening there's there's a there's an aspect of you that wants that thing right and so 
um, if you just say no all the time and you constantly say that for anything from, you know, a day to 10 years, like it, it'll catch up with you at some point and it will start leaking into other areas of your life. I'm not a psychologist, but just from my own, yes. you know, I'm looking into my own psychology and, and looking into this, um, it, it really it, it will cause some issues. Um, and, and also I will say just as well, I was thinking about, um, you know, where people have, if they said to me, it has to be raw, um, you know, and they end up um, eating or drinking something that isn't good for them just because it's raw that we were talking about alcohol, but it can go for other foods as well. If people don't 100%. digest, like if they don't digest raw chickpeas, right. So you can, obviously you can soak and sprout them, right. And you can eat them raw. And if you can digest them like that, great. But if, if it's causing you digestive issues, but you're, you're just forging ahead just because it's raw, um, you're not listening to your body, right? That you've got to, um, your, your, your personal experience should always be subordinate to, um, or your, what you've been told <laughs> from outside sources should always be subordinate to your personal experience, right? You, it should, you've got to listen to your body. You've got to, you've got to, um, um, yeah. If, if something feels better cooked, have it cooked. I remember actually someone wrote to me when there was a watershed moment where someone wrote to me and said, um, you know, I feel like I'm failing because I still, I still want to have my home cooked vegetable soup. <laughs> and, and I thought that can't, that can't be right. You know, it really, really stopped me in my tracks for a moment. I'd already been having these thoughts of like, you know, this was years ago about, um, you know, I'd never said it, but plenty of, there used to be a company that had a, their slogan was cook food is poison. Right. And that, that it, ever since, and there's still books out there with this written in that cook food is poison. And it's something you need to wean yourself off of because it's an addiction and it's not healthy and it's all dead food. And, you know, and it just puts these people into, it puts people into a mindset of like, Think, thinking that if they eat anything cooked it's really gonna it's gonna take from their health um and again like you said what does health really mean but um yeah and i thought i've just i just need to i need a bit of different messaging around this <laughs> you know but i need to get in alignment with actually what my view is and my view is that home cooked vegetable soup is a wonderful thing right so yes um and, and it all just came from there well, and you know, it's like we said, I mean, it's, I think the point too, is that, um, in today's world, there's so much out there on the, uh, there's so many diets, so many diets. I feel yeah. like new ones pop up every single day and I, the theories behind them. And a lot of those seem to be driven, um, through like money, like, you know, someone's selling a product, someone's, and while you and I might be entrepreneurs and we do make money by selling what we're doing, the, the reason behind it is to help people and is not necessarily to make money. Whereas so many, you know, there's so many diets out there that you have to look at who's pushing that diet. What is their reason? What is their story? And what is their, you know, what do they stand behind? You know, do they say like, there's so, so many are so strict that, like you said, demonizes certain things, say certain things are poison, say, don't ever do that. And that's very controlling. Whereas where it's making people, I believe, lose that sense of intuition on what's good for themselves mm. because they're relying so much on what everybody else is telling them that they lose that connection to themselves. And yeah. like you said, that mental health, like, 
I do think mental health needs to, you know, sometimes come forward. And I don't mean those deep down issues. Like for me, if I've had a rough day, um, a rough day, meaning my kids were fighting more than normal or, you know, Mm. not like deep mental health issues. Those should never be solved through food because there's a different issue there. But I just mean, you know, relaxing on the couch with something that brings me comfort that I associate with happiness, like a home cooked, you know, home baked cookie, or, um, I love tequila is one of my favorite. If I drink alcohol, usually it's tequila over ice. Cause I just, mm. I love really good quality to te- a little bit of tequila over ice. It just warms me up and makes me feel wonderful. Just kind of like a hot soup. It, it's not to you know necessarily solve that problem. It's just to bring me some comfort. And mm at the end of a long day, you know, it's whatever it is, that bowl of ice cream, you know, those things that may not be in your everyday, you know, uh, choices or diet is okay. And people that are telling you that never do that, you got to, got to question those, you know, question why they're saying never, ever, ever. Yeah, exactly. And well, it's an interesting point actually, because, um, if the, I could sell more by saying that raw food is, I, I could make all kinds of promises and I could still do that. I could do it. I could do it uh, legally. Right. But I couldn't do it ethically because, yes, because we are all different. And this is one of the main problems I think in diet um, in the diet world, whether we're talking about actual named diets or just like the area of what to eat um, is that there's such a, there's such a, um, a message of um, I eat this way and it's done this for me. So if you eat this way, it'll do it for you as well. Yes. And it's like, it's hardly ever the case. I mean, and if it, if it, if that does happen, it's, um, it's just, it's, I, I don't know if I want to call it chance or what you would call that, but it's not, it's not a hundred percent or anything near it. Right. Because we are all so different that uh, and we're all got different issues and we're all at different stages as well. Like the food, the food I ate when I was, you know, well, being a child, I guess, is a completely different thing. Because, but <laughs> when I look back at the things I ate as a child, I could never get away with that now. But um, I, I think probably when I hit like maybe early 30s, my metabolism changed dramatically. And, um, you know, up to that point, I'd always been pretty skinny and I could eat anything. But um, oh, I say I could eat anything. Weight wasn't my issue. It was it was acne. So, you know, maybe I couldn't. But um, you know, what I, what I ate 10 years ago is not right for me now. And what I eat now is probably not going to be right for me in another 10 or 20 years. It might be, but it might not. I just, if you can't even, you know, rely, say to, if, if I can't even say to my future self, look, I'm eating this way now, this is going to do you for the rest of your life. You're going to be perfect. <laughs> then how, right. how could I say it to anyone else? Yes. Um, so yeah, that's, that certainty like you say that the marketing of of a specific diet with specific rules we love certainty right as a species we love to we're yes. just looking for the answers and if someone can say i've got the answers just do this and we we're like oh yes and then they say look at all these people that got the result that i t- i said they would and it's like oh he's got the answers so i'll just go and do what he does and then they force themselves into this you know this round hole when they're a square peg and uh and just get demoralized after it, it might be three months it might be three weeks it might be three years but they then they think oh what's wrong with me why didn't it yes. work for me yes and then it turns to a whole nother mental health issue of yeah um yeah and and that's a very good example is me i actually um i turned 45 in july 
Um, but I went through um, some major fertility problems to have my first child and probably connected to that. I actually went through early onset menopause when I was, you know, pretty much right after 40. And with that, my body totally changed. And um, I don't know if I had this issue maybe before, but just not enough to recognize it. But I, all of a sudden, um, I started seeing a functional medicine doc and she mm. took me off of, she took me off of gluten because I was testing, you know, in her, in her, you know, functional medicine, woo woo type testing. She's like, your body is coming up as um, not tolerating gluten. Very interesting. Well, what's interesting with that is um, I had um, for my, my entire adult life, um, I had really terrible seasonal allergies and by seasonal, I mean year round, um, but I <laughs> every was season. On, yes, every season I was on, you know, when I was in my twenties, I was, I did allergy shots. I was on an oral pill. Um, I was, you know, taking no spray. I, you know, and then as the allergy shots helped a little bit. And as I got older, I still needed no spray twice a day. And if I didn't use it, um, I would be a mess. Um, every once in a while I'd need an oral pill as well. Well, within, gosh, I want to say a couple months of taking gluten out of my body, um, my allergies disappeared. I had, mm, wow. I, to this day, it's been almost a year now that I haven't had to use nose spray. I, I don't have allergies anymore. And so it's very clear that something was kind of happening before, but um, a lot of my issues by removing gluten out of my diet disappeared. My anxiety, I, I have anxiety um, is much less. Um, much more controlled. I don't take medication for it. Um, I, I did for a short period of time as I was going through the the throes of menopause because it was just mm. terrible. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is I, I started controlling it with you know yoga, meditation, things like that, um, and just I noticed such a difference. So, like you said, like my body. I, I hope one day I can tolerate it again because there's definitely things I miss. But my body is so much better off without it. And that craving of, you know, when I see my family, you know, when we go out and they get pizza or a burrito from our local taco shop, I, there are things that are similar that I can make at home now, but there's, you know, little things like that, that I'm kind of like, Oh, I wish I had that. But the feeling I get from if I eat it now, which I have not on purpose a few times in the last year, my entire esophagus down to my, I feel like I have acid reflux. It burns like mm. I'm swollen. It's just not worth it. So your body changes. And will I be able to eat it? Like you said, 10 years from now, I don't know. I just know what's good for me now. Yeah. Um, and it, but I mean, the one thing I will say is I think everybody can agree eating a lot of plants is good for us. Our plants contain nutrients that our body needs to function. Right. So you know, if somebody goes from, I think that's also, you know, where you have to look at where they're coming from when it comes to changes. If you're coming from eating Burger King all day, every day to adding a lot of plants, whether that's in raw form and not raw form, you're going to see a difference in your body. You're going to see a difference in your health and how you feel. Yeah, for sure. It reminded me about a friend of mine, actually, Phil McCluskey, who, um, I don't think he's online so much anymore, but um, he lost uh, so much weight with raw food diet. Um, he lost, actually, he was on the doctor's program in, in the US and um, he used to do this talk, I'm half the man I used to be because he, uh, he lost half his body weight and he's, one, he's got one of those, um, you know, he's one of those 
a guy's that uh, he's got one of those stories where he brings his old pair of jeans out, right? And he can fit in one leg now <laughs> of, his, wow. of his old pair of jeans. And he did it through a raw food diet. And people were saying to him, um, you know, don't eat too many nuts. And, but he would just, whenever he was hungry, he'd just eat as many nuts as he wanted. And he lost weight. He lost, that's how he lost his weight, right? He was drinking, but he also drank plenty of water, right? He was getting all yes. the, all the yes. other food. He wasn't just eating nuts, but if yes. he wanted to snack on some nuts, he would snack on some nuts and Peter, he would just grab handfuls of them because where he was at from that point, exactly like you were saying, it, it was like that, a handful, a big old handful of nuts, um, even unsoaked <laughs> was, was way beyond so much better than where he was. So the inflammation was able to start coming down. And, and I'm sure as he got, as he lost the weight and he got healthier that, uh, that he couldn't do that anymore, but at the start he had to, and it was, yeah. And it was, it satiated him enough, um, yes. that he could, he could stick to it. Well, and yeah, definitely. And that's the, yeah. Seeing the path and where you're coming from is important. Um, but let's, there's so, some people might be listening and not actually even understand what we're talking about, what a raw food diet is. And I forgot to ask at the beginning, let's even clear that up. What is a raw food diet? Because I feel like people think that eating a raw food diet means you are snacking on raw carrots and celery and lettuce all day. Whereas, you know, yeah, and that's I what know it is. as well. Um, <laughs> and we both know that that's like so far from the truth. Like there's, you really, there is so much more to it than that. And I know, I can't remember the exact number. Um, there used to be a restaurant actually in uh, Orange County that my husband and I tried once that was an all raw food restaurant. And we actually had the most incredible experience and we're just blown away by the food that we had. Um, mm. was what that is that? The, uh, no, it was, oh. it was called, um, uh, what is it? 130 degrees. What's the degrees oh. that doesn't go- Well, it depends uh, on who you ask. Uh, it could be 115 degrees. It could be 116 degrees or it could be 105 degrees. <laughs> Got it. I think it was called 115 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that was the name of the restaurant is it's no longer there anymore. But um, so, yeah. So why don't you tell somebody, uh, tell everybody like what even, what is the definition of a raw food diet? Like what is that encompass? Yeah. Well, so, you know, I was saying about the, the different, um, different temperatures there, the degrees, um, because 116 degrees Fahrenheit is where food is thought to lose its most um, delicate of enzymes. And so that's the, the idea behind the raw food diet is that you don't heat above um, 116 degrees um, so that you maintain all of the enzymes. And then as you get down, um, you know, and you, you go a little bit warmer, then you start to affect the vitamin C and you know, the, the minerals and other nutrients. So, um, but the reason it's, uh, I guess, kind of different is where dehydrators come in. So it doesn't mean we're completely devoid of heat. We can use dehydrators as like a raw food oven. And most people use 115 degrees, um, on their, on their, on their dehydrator. And I think that's probably because just because it's marked out, like on an Excalibur dehydrator, it's exactly, you can see what 115 degrees is. Um, but also I think some people just don't want to go the full 116 just in case. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then some people do like to set it at like 105 again, just to be, to make sure it doesn't get anywhere near the 116. But um, I do, I set my dehydrator for 115 degrees and um, 
you know and i i just i use that to you can use that to make pizza bases um crackers breads um i you know you can make actually a loaf of bread they have to be small loaves because you're not using high heat right so you make when you when you dehydrate a loaf of bread it doesn't rise it's got no yeast in it um you just make it as a loaf and you kind of dehydrate the outside to a point where then you slice it into individual slices and then you can just dehydrate the individual slices just a tiny little bit more and um that gets to like the middle of it um but you can also do sauces you know you can make a tomato sauce so there's like two ways to thicken a tomato sauce in in raw food one is to add some sun-dried tomatoes which is beautiful right gives this beautiful uh depth of flavor um but you can also uh, you can make a tomato sauce with only a few sun-dried tomatoes or none at all and then you can put it in a, on a tray or in a in a bowl in a dehydrator and you can just reduce the sauce down just like you would on a stovetop it just takes longer um and you know the dehydrators that you can just leave them on right you just leave them on for 12 hours or whatever so although it's you might see a recipe that says dehydrate for eight to ten hours or 12 hours or overnight um you know you're not standing in front of the thing whilst that's that's happening you can never burn anything in a dehydrator right it doesn't doesn't go high enough so um or we don't certainly don't use it as high as that in raw food so the worst you can do is you know reduce your sauce down way too much (laughs) or you can if you want to make like a, a tortilla for a taco um you might dehydrate it to so it's too crispy but you just use it as tortilla chips then but yeah so we can make um you know all, all one all manner of wonderful creative things um and some people like to kind of stay more away from the the dehydrated stuff a bit more purist um there is um there's a lot of people that uh, you know eat a lot of fruit that's not really the, the I, I find i can never be satiated just eating fruit um uh, you know my body needs something else other than that um, so I love the creativity of, of, you know, using a dehydrator and, and doing things, um, a little bit uh, more creatively. Some people like to do oil free as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not one raw food diet, but generally you can think of it as not heating food above, um, 115 degrees Fahrenheit. And then what you do within that is kind of, um, within the, the realms of your own, um, what works for you. I love that. Um, Yes, the dehydrator seems to be the the key for most chefs that um, are raw food chefs. Um, yeah. And I actually, now, now that you said that, I do think the restaurant was called 116 degrees Fahrenheit. Now that you said that 116, it kind of popped into my head. I was like, yes, that must be um, what it is, what would the, the name of it is. But we were just shocked. I mean, we had things like enchiladas and things that you would never think would right. be created with raw food. Um, but it's it's a dedication, right? I mean, it's something you have to really, and just like anything new, you just have to get used to it and learn the methods and learn what satiates you, learn what you like. Um, I do love actually when you said the sun-dried tomatoes to thicken, I love the umami flavor that sun-dried tomatoes can give to things. And I actually yeah. have used them in some of my recipes because um, they're that flavor of a sun-dried tomato is interesting it's just not unlike it's unlike kind of a lot of things that you have right yeah um it gives such a great depth of flavor yeah yeah so nice it's funny actually i i worked at um i worked at 105 degrees <laughs> in uh in in oklahoma that was where i was teaching um but yeah i actually think i just looked it up i think it's probably 118 degrees was it in costa mesa yes that yes. was it yeah, 118 degrees they settled on. Okay. So maybe 108, maybe 116 degrees had already gone. 
Um, that's so funny. Yes. No, it was so good. I mean, we were really surprised because we actually had tried, there's actually a restaurant. I don't know if it's still open here. Very local to me, very, very close um, that we had gone to um, more of like a, it, it's not like a legit, this was a legit nice restaurant. Um, but this local one is more of like a, you know, counter service type thing. It's very casual. We had tried it and we were not fans at all. That was the mm. first raw food experience we had. Um, the food was way overly salty. And my husband, um, the reason we changed our diet was for heart issues for him. So he needed to watch his sodium content um, as well. And it, the food was so overly salty. It had no flavor except the salt. And we honestly mm. were just not fans at all. So we were really turned off by raw food because I was like, well, gosh, they just overly you know, it just wasn't good. Um, yeah. cause I think that salt is a great flavor enhancer, but it definitely can ruin food as well. Um, and For we sure. love the natural flavors of fruits and vegetables. And I love natural flavors of food. Um, so we were kind of turned off and then it wasn't, it was a little while after that, that we tried this one in Costa Mesa and we were just blown away. I mean, we were like, wow, that is a very different experience than we had before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is, I know you said that the, the theory behind that is that the food, um, starts to lose the, um, it, it starts to break down the enzymes and therefore what is the theory behind if the enzymes are broken down? Is it the nutrients that are lost? Like, what is the theory behind all that? Yeah, well, the, there's enzymes in the theory is that there's enzymes in food and I, and I haven't seen any, you know, scientific, um, backing for um for this uh, well there's parts of it right we we do know that it, like when you cook a uh, a carrot you lose some of the vitamin c um and but with the enzymes specifically um the idea is that each food contains within it the enzymes that it, that you need to break it down and digest it um now there's some there's some pushback on that as you would expect um some people say well the enzymes don't make it through your stomach acid anyway so um, you know, back in the day, I think it was very much a focus on, well, you've got like this enzyme bank account in your body. And if you need to use up your enzymes, digesting food that takes away from your energy. Um, so then, you know, if you eat, if you eat food with the enzymes still in it, then you don't take away from your bank account. I'm not so sure about that. It sounds, it's kind of an interesting idea. Um, I think, you know, we were just talking before we started recording, right. About, um, experience versus being told something and so you can kind of um you know you can look at the science you can you can do all your research and i would definitely encourage that if if, if you're drawn to do that uh, but i think what it comes down to is 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 if you're drawn to it is to try it um now you know nutritional deficiencies can take a long time to show up right it can take years to show up um, but I do believe that if you're really tuned into, you know, if you're eating a food and it feels good and you feel good after it, you digest it well, um, that, that that's, that's what you need. And then you can, you can, you can proceed on that understanding of I'm actually listening to my body. The only thing that can tell you how your body is really responding is your body. Um, and when I say that, you know, I'm all for functional medicine, love functional medicine and I love, you know, testing all the testing that comes with that. If you're working with someone one-to-one -one, because they are essentially, when I say the only thing that can tell you about your body is your body, those functional medicine doctors are working with your body, right? They're, they're helping you interpret those results and what's going on. So, um, 
so yeah th- those are the theories and you can kind of you know think well okay that's interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna see um i'm gonna see if that that relates to my experience and to how that actually feels when i eat the food yes and totally and i i love the theories behind everything and that's such a good point that theories are just theories like you said Mm. um you know uh science is is science and some um and theories kind of guide science i think and 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 get scientists to test these theories and but when it comes to food you're totally right i feel like generally as a general rule you want to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables because they have nutrients they're good for your body you need you know your body needs these nutrients to function but at a personal level like you said um it depends on each person and um functional medicine is great i have had extremely amazing results through working with a functional medicine doctor. Um, you also have to be careful who you work with because there's a lot of people out there that make claims that aren't, um, certified to make those claims. So, you know, when I started working with mine, she's gone through medical school, she's licensed, she knows what she's doing. Um, and I, I mean, I've just had, it depends on your personal, you know, um, personal experience. I started working when I went through fertility, um, back in 2008, we started fertility. Um, I, I started at a fertility doctor, um, fertility doctors are basically looked at as God because they create babies when you can't have babies. Um, and it's incredible, but they're also known to be very, um, just as a general rule, mine was incredible, but as a general idea, they're known to kind of feel to, to basically say like, you know, we, this, it's our rule. Like don't, nothing else works. This is what we're doing. Um, mm. but I went through three rounds of in vitro with, um, extremely failing results. And I was, uh, when I started, I was 30 years old, so I wasn't old by any means. Um, but apparently my eggs were considered that of a 40 plus year old and I had terrible egg quality. Mm. And so it was, you know, obviously devastating to hear as a just 30 year old, um, and after three rounds of in vitro that were, let's not, let's, you know, they're not cheap. Um, I was so discouraged by how terrible they were and I wasn't pregnant. And I had heard about a um, holistic nutritionist. And that was my first experience with alternative medicine um, that looked at my body individually, mm-hmm. not what kind of worked for the general rule, but looked at my body. And I took a break from fertility and I started seeing her for six months. And Joe called her my witch doctor because. <laughs> her, you know, her, her clinic, it's like, it's very Eastern medicine. It's different. You know, she does muscle response testing. It was a very different thing for me. Um, but after six months that, that I went through with her, I felt an underlying change in myself. And so I did a fourth round of IVF and we decided we're going to go for it one more time. My third round, I had really bad reactions to it was just a mess. And so I decided, okay, one more time. And what's so interesting is my last, that fourth round, um, for those of you that listening that don't know what IVF is about, you go in and you start with, you know, you have to start injecting yourself with things, but my clinic, I had to get blood drawn every other day to kind of look at my levels and track where I was the very first blood draw they call, the clinic called me. I'll never forget this. And they're like, something's different. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, something is different. I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but your levels, like you, the first three rounds, you went through a very similar 
series of levels and something's different. Like this is different. And it, it was like my basically, uh, that's the round I got pregnant. Um, basically, my fertility doctor said that if I was not his patient through the other three rounds, he would think that my files got mixed up because wow. I was so different. And even he said, whatever it is that you did, that that is what helped contribute to this. It's not necessarily what we just did, wow. you know, because they obviously changed some things that w- weren't working. Um, and that was my first experience with Eastern medicine. And so when I started going through um, early onset menopause, I turned back to Eastern medicine when Western medicine, you know, wanted me to go on medication, which of course I did because I do believe in the, the joint effort of both. But after a month, this medication was giving me such bad side effects that I couldn't do it anymore. It was not, it wasn't worth it. And so I turned, that's when I found my functional medicine doctor and um, started doing something alternative. And, you know, I, it just was a different journey for me. So you have to think about your own individual body and it doesn't work for everybody, but um, it sure as heck worked for me and it's changed my life. So it's, it's not just about one theory or one rod, run one diet or whatever. And you have to look at yourself. Yeah. That's so nice to get that uh, confirmation, right. Of, of what you're doing with diet and, and that making a difference. Well, and I'll be honest, you know, my functional medicine doctor, she has different ideas of diet than I do. Hmm. You know, it's, she's, there's things that she doesn't, you know, she personally doesn't eat or doesn't, you know, think is great, but things that don't bother me. So I, it's always this, it's kind of like, uh, I like to talk about wellness in general. There's no end point, right? It's, there's no end point that you reach and you're like, I'm there. It's more of this dance of, you know, trying things, pulling back, trying something new. It's this constant journey. And, you know, every day might give you something new. Yeah. Um, well, I love, I love hearing all this. I I think people that are listening might want an idea of, um, maybe two things, like how does somebody that wants to give might be maybe someone that was in your position, um, struggling with skin or struggling with something and wants to give, um, this raw food journey a, a try, like how does one start a raw food diet? And what are some examples of things that they could, um, they would eat in a raw food diet? Yeah. Well, I think especially, you know, with your audience, I'd imagine they're eating fairly healthily, um, at least some of the time, right. And probably eating some raw food and, you know, juices and smoothies are all raw food. And, uh, that can be a great place to start. It can be a great place to also increase if you're already doing juices and smoothies. Um, you know, I like to stay away from the sugary juices, um, and not to say that there's, you know, I won't have any sugar in my juices, but, Again, you know, if I have just like a orange juice on its own, that's just going to spike my blood sugar. And I can, I, I feel that now, like it, I get like a, a sugar crash. So I'm just mindful of that. Try and have plenty of, plenty of veggies. Um, um, depending again on your digestion, um, smoothies can, can be better. You've still got the fiber in there, right? You've got the whole, the whole food and, um, you can even do, um, I've actually, if if you have issues digesting some, some of the cruciferous vegetables, you could do like a, a part raw and part cooked green smoothie. <laughs> um, I've got a friend actually that really likes his, 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 his warm green smoothies, which I, I keep saying to him, well, that's a soup. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what I was 
was about to say that sounds like yeah, a yeah. soup to me. <laughs> yeah, but no, drunk drunk as a smoothie, and you know you can put some um, just make the smoothie right as you would, but but cook some of the green veg if it's if it's easier to digest for you. Um, but then I always think that raw breakfasts are a great place to start as well, right? Because um, you start the day um, well, then you tend to, to to want to like we. I think as as humans, I've heard people say that know more about this than I do. That if we we tend to want to protect what we've already got versus try and get something new. Um, so if you start off the day well, then you want to protect that. So I think that can be a really great place to start. You know, I, I make some uh, some lovely raw granola in the uh, in the dehydrator and you can do it in an oven on a low temperature as well so if you don't want to if you don't want to you know splash out on a dehydrator straight away um you know things like chia seed porridge have become very popular over the last several years um uh yeah oats are not particular they're not the oats are steamed uh to preserve shelf life but again that if you're just starting out that probably doesn't bother you so much so you could have some overnight oats um you could start sprouting, uh, you can, you know, nut milks is a great thing. You can start sprouting um, almonds. And when I say sprouting and activating, I mean, you know, just soaking them overnight, rinsing them off a couple of times and then just keep them. Um, well, almonds are not actually going to sprout, right? You just activate them. But um, you could sprout things like buckwheat and put that into to salads. And that, again, salads is is the next thing, right? It's um, if you want to have a salad for lunch and then do whatever you normally do in the evening, that would be great. And, and raw food salads tend to go beyond just, uh, you know, iceberg lettuce and tomatoes. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about um, sun-dried tomatoes and, um, you know, when you start bringing in, there's all those things like, you know, not strictly raw sun-dried tomatoes. You can get raw olives, all those types of things, but you can make raw cheeses as well. You can make cheeses from nuts and you can go quite gourmet with that, or you can do some very simple, just fermented macadamias and then add a little bit of salt and garlic powder and onion powder and nutritional yeast to that once it's been fermented um and you can find all this stuff on my on my website as well there's lots of free recipes on there um where you can do this kind of stuff and um just just do it one bit at a time you know and it's amazing actually how you can just make a regular salad taste amazing with a bit of you know like a macadamia cheese or a or you can you can make up a really nice um you know again going beyond the normal kind of um dressing for a salad if you make a nice um cashew dressing so you might blend some cashews with some water apple cider vinegar lemon juice maybe some basil in there as well or you could uh, and then maybe also some sun-dried tomatoes or you could blend in some um some bell pepper um just make up these these flavor combinations combinations i actually like to do um apple and mint is a really nice one to add to the cashews and then you can go and uh if you want to make it even more digestible and even more um, full of nutrients, you can um, ferment your cashews as well. So you can just add a little bit of probiotic to those, make a cashew sour cream um, and, you know, add different flavors in there. I've got a few examples of that on my website. There's actually things that if you're new to it sound like, oh my gosh, that sounds exciting, but also really complicated. Um but that's why I say just bring it. It's actually not when you've when you've done it a few times. All you're really doing to ferment cashews is blending it with water, probiotics, um, and that's it. And then you've got this fermented cashew. You leave it in a warm place overnight, and then you've got this beautiful base for like um, for sauces and dressings. Um, and then I'd say lastly as well, another really easy thing for people to because you can buy this stuff is fermented foods, right? So um, kimchi, and if you're vegan, you can get uh, vegan kimchi. It's very 
I, I'm assuming you can get that in San Diego where you are. You can get it in certainly in London. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, even things like um, sauerkraut that are very, you know, you can find them everywhere. But definitely all these fermented things, get them from the, make sure they're in the, the chilled department, right? Because if they're not in the chilled department, they've been, they've been pasteurized, which <laughs> defeats the, defeats the object really with, uh, with, um, uh, with fermented foods. So yeah, just adding in, some fermented foods i actually as a snack i really i love um kimchi with um kimchi or sauerkraut actually with some avocado chopped up a little sprinkling of nutritional yeast um which if you don't eat nutritional yeast you can just leave that out um nutritional yeast is very you were talking earlier about umami flavor it's very umami um but if you want to do something else that's umami uh miso a light miso um maybe a chickpea miso something like that um is really nice as well um in there and um you know a couple of spices maybe some smoked paprika a bit of cumin and make this beautiful little fermented avocado salad bowl so um yeah just a few ideas i love that um i my funny funny situation is my my kid my kids especially my middle one love sauerkraut i discovered this because i was it was, it's so funny. I discovered this, I was making a recipe um, and sauerkraut was just one of the toppings. And I forget what, I think I was doing a bowl or something like that. My son tried it and he's like, this is amazing. And I kind of <laughs> looked at him like, okay, because <laughs> it's not usually <laughs> something a child loves, but he can eat it by the spoonful. Like I, um, there's uh, that wi- uh, wild, wild brine brand. They make a pickle flavored sauerkraut that he like, he is obsessed with he loves it so right um it's so funny um but yeah it's so many things have flavors right that we didn't that you don't think about you know i use actually i make a um it's not raw but i make a dairy-free cheese sauce that uses chickpea miso to add some of that sharpness to it and Mm. um it's amazing what it can do um but we do a we do a lot of sauces. I do most of my sauces are cashew based because we can eat cashews. Um, my my kids, my I have a dairy free vegan ranch dressing made out of you know the cashews as the base. My kids will eat anything with that ranch dressing. I'll put out nice. like carrots, celery, peppers, whatever, and just stick ranch dressing there, and they will just slurp that up. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I love it. So many great ideas. Um, thank you so much. I have kept you here for way too long and I just love everything you've been saying and you just make attempting a raw food diet just seem so approachable. You know, it, it's, it's so simple and approachable versus, you know, so many things that are made complicated in this world. So I just appreciate you being here and um, sharing your expertise with everybody. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm always willing to um, to answer questions as well. So if uh, if any of your listeners have got any questions after they've been on my site, you can just drop me an email, hello at therawchef.com and, um, and I'll, I'll direct you where you need to be. Awesome. And I will, those of you listening, um, go to the post associated with this. Um, I will put, he has, you know, such great information on there. Um, I will make sure that the links for everything, he even has a free recipe of the week club that you can join um, lots of great um, things that you can look for if you're looking for recipes or whatever um, on his site. So I just appreciate you being here. I appreciate here everyone that is listening. Um, I do this for you guys. And if you love the podcast, I would love, love, love if you could go to 
um, the purple podcast app and leave me a rate and review. The more I get, the more incredible guests I can get on to give you guys information. And that's what I strive for to give you real, you know, factual information, not backed by anything other than the fact that I want to help people. So I appreciate you all. And um, thanks again, Russell, for being here. Thank you.